This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Now, I didn't do a show last week, and uh, I figured I should kind of let you know why I didn't do a show. Uh, I'm not going to go into specifics, so it may not be a very satisfying story, but um, I didn't do a show because uh, that that uh, the, the week leading up to that show uh, it happened to be a pretty stressful week for me at work. Uh, it all started on Tuesday morning. Uh, which was also uh, Tuesday being, you know, if you've listened to my show, you know that I work for a, um, I'm an office manager for, I'm the office manager for a uh, janitorial service. And um, not only do I do that, but I'll clean a couple buildings a week. I might check on a building or two a week, that kind of thing. Sometimes I train people in, sometimes I just check on stuff, whatever, you know, but so I've gotten it to where I would work three nights a week. And, and that particular week would um, was the second week in a row in which I was going to work four nights that week. I had the Monday off the, for those two weeks. And it's not like I worked... Well, there was some long nights. Some nights were, got done quicker enough, but it was just having to work. But that Tuesday morning, before last, what would have been last week's show, um, I was contacted. Uh, I, I had a conversation with uh, one of our customers in the morning. That's when all the bad stuff comes in in the morning. Uh, if the phone rings, uh, in you know, the first thing you're there, like shortly after nine o'clock, if the phone rings, uh, I always dread. Is this what's this going to be? And when I got there Tuesday morning, I looked at the caller ID. And I saw that we at about 8.30 that morning, uh, one of our customers had called in. They didn't leave a message. So I, I called our contact person there, and that's when I found out that there was something that happened. And it, was, it, it brought up a situation that I needed to manage. As the office manager, I needed to manage this. Uh, I needed to find out from the cleaner what was going on. I needed to rectify the situation, and I needed to make sure that the cleaner knew that they couldn't continue to do what they had been doing. And but I also wanted to keep the cleaner on. I didn't want them to be fired or have to move them to a different building or something like that. I, it's a good cleaner. This is a mistake. 
I had a certain amount of copability in there as myself. So it was just this whole thing that just went for a couple of days, getting it figured out. The customer was very understanding once we got past the initial uh, thing. <laughs> and, yeah, and so it got settled. So by Friday it was taken care of. But by Friday, I was just, I was fried. I was fried. And I still had to work, not only to get my day job thing, but I still had to work that night. And I was fried. And I, I, I came home. I, I went through the day and knowing that I would, you know, I'd finish up my work day at the, at the office and then I'd have to go out and take care of a building. And I, I just knew, I just hadn't even really thought about putting a show together. And I said, I can't do it. And so my brain's just... And, and besides that, it's the be it was the beginning of the, uh, of the baseball postseason. Sorry, sports ballers, but I'm going to talk a little sports. So just a little. I'll try to keep it quick. But the baseball postseason was taking place. That's the, one of the, you know, it's one of my favorite times of the year. I mean, it's October. It's my favorite month of the year. It ends with my favorite holiday of the year. And it has the, 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 the postseason of my favorite sport. So, you know, it's a big month, right? Very excited about it. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to do a show this week. I'm just going to watch because that Friday I think there were four ball games on that day I listened to some on the radio uh, I and then I or through the app, ESPN app listened to them while I was cleaning and then when I got home I could watch them on TV uh, or on my laptop and uh, just turn off my brain have a beer watch the game don't worry about a show so that's why I didn't do one it just I just didn't have it in me it just wasn't there and I know I've talked about it was thinking maybe I'd do a you know take one week off a, a month and it has kind of worked out that way recently because I have been taking some shows off and I just you know or some weeks off and I I'm sorry about that but I'll 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 see what I can do but so so I'm 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 here tonight I'm here this week got a show for you it's gonna be some uh, for this particular show there's gonna be a lot of little personal stories in this one because that's just how it's shaken out. So I hope you're. I hope you don't mind. But uh, as I was saying, uh, sports ball, uh, sports ballers, you should be aware that I'm going to talk a tiny bit of sports here right now. I'm going to talk about it right now, and that is uh, to the extent that I'm going to say that the uh, the team that I root for in baseball, the team that I want to see do well in baseball, is the Minnesota Twins. They're my hometown team. You know, they're the team I've been following for decades. I want them to do well. They they did not have a good season. It was kind of surprising that they didn't have a better season because they they did okay last year. They did make it into the playoffs and lost again in the wild card game against the Houston Astros. That was of course the Twins' 18th loss in a row in the postseason. 18 in a row. It's a record. It's incredible. It's weird. It's just weird. But the Twins didn't have that good a season, so they didn't make the playoffs. But I will say this. The Minnesota Twins have something in common 
with the New York Yankees, or as I call them, the Hated Yankees, which should be their official name. I don't. They haven't taken me up on it. I've sent them messages saying, "Hey, call them. That you should call yourselves the Hated Yankees because everybody hates you." And they said, "You know, they haven't even responded." All right, I've never sent them anything, but you know, what are you going to do? So the Hated Yankees and the Minnesota Twins have something in common right now. Neither team is in the postseason. They're both watching it from home or from wherever they are. They're not playing in it. You see, the Yankees, though, they did make the playoffs this year. They got into the wild card game. Uh, each league, there's two leagues, National League and American League. They have uh, three divisions in each, each league. And the winner of each division goes into the postseason. And then the second best and third best uh, teams you know the teams with the second best and third best records that didn't win the division because you can have a team that had the second best record that didn't win the division but have a, and have a better record than another team that's won a division that's what's happening in the uh, National League championship sh series the uh, the uh, uh, Brooklyn oh, not Brooklyn the LA Dodgers Los Angeles Dodgers have a better regular season record. They've won like 106 games than the team they're going up against, the Atlanta Braves. But the Atlanta Braves won their division. So, And the Dodgers got in as a wildcard team because the San Francisco Giants won 107 games this season, and they're in the same division. Okay, so the second and third best records for teams that didn't win their divisions or they get into the playoffs in a one-game wild-card playoff. And the Yankees did that. They got in, and they played the Boston Red Sox, and the hated Yankees lost. So, really, when it comes down to it, the Yankees only played one more game than the Twins. Uh, the, it, I'll, I'll say this. The, the, the Yankees didn't look great at the beginning of the season. They had some rough times. In there, but after the All-Star break, they started to really kind of put it together, and it looked like you know for a while there there was a three-way race in the uh, uh, American League East between the Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, and the Tampa Bay Rays, and you know the Tampa Bay Rays won the division, but they they've got knocked out in, in the playoffs, and and then the hated Yankees got knocked out by the Reds, uh, the Red Sox, and the Red Sox are now playing the Houston Astros in the American League Championship Series, and I just finished watching Game 1, which Houston won that game. Uh, the Game 1 of the National League Championship Series will start tomorrow, and that will feature uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, going to play um, the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves is going to have, have home field advantage. Even though the Dodgers had a better record, but a wild card team cannot have home field advantage in the playoffs. That's just how it works out. Unless, unless it's one wild card team playing another wild card team somehow, uh, if that's possible. Well, that's only in the World Series. Never mind. <laughs> in the in the World Series, it's the team that had the best regular season record gets home field advantage. So if the Dodgers make that, they're going to have the they're going to have home field advantage.
regardless of them being in as a wild card team. Okay, I know that's that's more baseball than you wanted to hear about. I know this uh, sports ballers are just going. I don't understand what he's talking about. It's a foreign language. What is he saying? I know. I'm sorry. But suffice it to say, the Minnesota Twins and the hated Yankees are both not in the playoffs. So, And it's a good thing when the hated Yankees aren't in the playoffs. It's a good thing. They need to not win another World Series for a long time. They've won 27 of them. 27 World Series. By far the most of any team in the in the major league in major league baseball the next closest is uh, st louis and i think they've won geez i don't know is it is it 12 or 13 or something like that i i, I should have looked it up but that's as close that's the next closest team and they're not in it either they got into i think they got into a playoff uh, a wild ca- uh, wild card playoff and they lost um i i i think they lost to the loss uh, to the dodgers anyway so that's the deal. Enough with baseball. But it was a big week um, for uh, for me this past week. The week before, stressful week, dealing with work kind of stuff. You know, I don't like being a manager. I mean, I'm pretty good at it, I guess. I'm not great, I'm, but I'm I'm good enough at it, and I deal well. I try to deal well with our with our with our employees, and our and I'm good with our customers. I try to, you know, be a good boss, <laughs> really. But you know, sometimes I just want to. I just want to. I just want a job where all I got to worry about is my job. I don't have to worry about everybody else's job. I'm not saying I don't. I'm not a team player. I can be a team player and work it and help everybody else with their with their work if that's part of my job. But just being responsible for other people's jobs is a pain in the ass. Yeah, I mean, because while I was going through that stressful week dealing with the situation with one employee, all the other employees that work for us, they're just doing their jobs. They they don't even know what's happening. I mean, why should they? Because it's not you know it's not something that's their responsibility. I'm taking care of it. But that's it's like they could just you know gleefully just go along walking working their jobs and not worry about you know what this office manager is dealing with. Eh, what are you gonna do? That's why I get the uh, not so great bucks. So this week was uh, it was it was uh, unusual, and it, but it was better. It was always oh, a better week than last week. It was unusual in that uh, I went to a concert. Amy as well. She, Amy and I went to a concert, a, a, a rock and roll show. We had not been to a concert since 2016, and of course it was the Who. I think that was the last show that we'd seen. And uh, about a month ago, uh, Amy said to me, she says, uh, uh, there's a band coming. They're going to be playing uh, at the Fine Line. The Fine Line is a uh, is a, a live music venue in uh, Minneapolis. Uh, they're going to be playing the Fine Line, and I want to go. And, I, and she said, you know, I could just, just get tickets for me and go by myself. And I, and I said, no, 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 I'm going with you. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, you're not going by yourself. I'm going with you. We could have a date <laughs> kind of thing. And, you know, with Hayden gone, you know. And uh, so, okay, so she, she went ahead and got tickets. The price for the tickets was reasonable. Uh, and... Um, and, and so Monday came, and we went to the show. I will tell you, 
more about that when I get back from my first break here. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'll be back after this break. Kitty, shut up. Station identification. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ztalkradio.com. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm uh, your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Uh, the cat has, uh, has uh, made her presence known to me, and so if you hear some mewing, you might have heard some before I went to my break. Uh, well, that's what's going on. This is what you do when you have a cat that lives in your studio, <laughs> your house. Okay, um, so Amy says she wants to go see this concert. There's this band she likes. It's one of the new ones, and uh, and she wants to go see this concert. And I, you know, so I said, "Well, who is it?" And she said, "It's Black Midi." Yeah, I never heard of them either. Well, you may have heard of them. I had never heard of them, and that's not surprising because I'm so far out of it on what's new. There was a time when I was I had my finger on the pulse. There was a time, but now I just don't have the energy. Or the the I guess the interest in in expending any kind of energy to find out the new stuff. If I if if I stumble upon something, it's oh I like that. And that oh they're new. Well okay I like that. But you know, and I should say this now. Amy and I, I'm a bit older than Amy. I'm like seven years older than Amy. Almost exactly seven years older. I'm uh, seven days less than seven years older than her. Her birthday is seven days after mine. And, and she was born seven years after mine. Oh, the numerologists are just shitting their pants right now. Seven, seven, there's two sevens. And five, oh, they're just shitting their pants right now. Numerologists, settle down. There's nothing to it, all right? Just knock it off. Anyway, 
So she's you know a little younger than I am. But one thing that we discovered when we met each other was that we do have a lot of musical uh, artists and such that we like in common. We have a lot. Of, you know, we, we do have a lot. Uh, but Amy tends to be more accepting of uh, experimental type music, uh, the out there type stuff, uh, the more artsy fartsy than I am. Not saying that I don't get in any kind of artsy fartsy stuff. Uh, there's some, uh, you know, but I'm more into to hooks and strong melodies. Uh, I can like uh, fast, slow, you know. It just, but there's. I guess I'm, even though my stuff, back when I was working at Wendy's and I'd be playing the kind of stuff that I still like today, that what would be considered alternative, when I was playing that for the kids that were working at Wendy's alongside of me, and they'd say, can you listen to weird music? And it's like, it's even that stuff was more conventional kind of music, even when, when it wasn't really all that conventional. You know? It, does that make any sense? Because it was you know, just, it was different enough. It was alternative. Well, Amy likes the stuff that gets a little further out there, a little, you know, way out of convention in the music, avant-garde, experimental, noisy. She's she's more into that kind of stuff than I am, and and that's what Black Mini sort of is. But she says, you know, I want to go see the show. The tickets were reasonably priced. She, I wasn't going to have her go alone. So let's no, let's make a date night out of it. Let's let's you know, we'll get something to eat. We'll go to the we'll go to the fine line, fine line cafe. Uh, What's well, not the fine line cafe? The fine line uh, uh, is a, is a music venue that is owned and operated by the same people that own and operate First Avenue. And I think there's another nightclub, uh, music club, uh, music venue, whatever downtown Minneapolis that they own. And I don't I don't know what it is. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, and First Avenue was my place to hang out. Amy used to hang out at First Avenue a lot as well. Fine Line, I think I'd only been there once before with Amy. I, I don't think I'd been there ever before even that, but just the one time with Amy to see some band. I can't remember what their name was. But anyway, uh, we were there. Uh, that was some years ago. Um, and then, you know, so we go there Monday. Now, Amy played me a little bit of uh, Black Midi's music, uh, just to give me a sense of what they're like. She told me their, I think her word was their 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 music is kind of uh, disjointed. I think that was her word. And and so, okay, so I listened to a little bit of it, and it didn't you know it didn't catch me, right? It didn't catch me, and I said, well, okay. So I had a I had a talk with myself. So look, you're going to go to this thing with your wife. And you're not going to act like, oh God. <laughs> you're not going to. You're not going to. You're not going to uh, 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 do that musical snob thing that I did back when I was in art school. And for and I still have a little bit of that, of that in me where I was just like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and just real musical snob kind of. It's ah, ugh, it doesn't get my vote of approval. This sucks. I ain't listening to this stuff. You know, that's what I used to do. Um, so you're going to this thing. Your wife is going to enjoy it. it. But she'll enjoy it more if you're not acting like a jerk and going, this, I don't know. What are they doing? You know, so I said, I told myself, just, just you know, in, you know, just watch the artists 
watch what they do, listen to what they're doing as the musicians, just, just see how the crowd is reacting, see how your wife is reacting. Just take it all in. It may not be your thing, but just kind of just, just take it all in. Just, just, just let it happen and don't get, you know, just find the things of interest that you can find of interest, even if the music isn't quite what you might like. That's what I was telling myself. And that's what I did. We got there, and uh, and we're just kind of exploring the place a little bit. It's not a very big place. It's, it's a fairly small venue. I think it probably holds maybe, I don't know, 800 people or something like that. And uh, so we, we go in. It's got a second level. So we went up to the second level, and there are some tables that are reserved. If you pay a little extra, you can get a table. Uh, but downstairs is pretty much just, you know, there's no tables, just standing. And so we go, and we... Just, just, just explore the place, and we come down uh, on the other side of, from the upstairs. We come down, and uh, we're at the other end of the bar that's downstairs, and we see somebody that we both know. We don't know them well, but we know them. It's Pete, a fellow that is the uh, that is the best bartender to, at First Avenue. He's he's the best. He's really good, nice guy, attentive bartender, pays attention knows the beer you want. I mean, when John and I used to hang out at First Avenue, uh, we were drinking, I think, Grain Belt uh, at the time. We'd go up to Pete's bar. He had the second floor bar at First Avenue. We'd go up there, Pete see us. He'd know, boom, boom, they'd be up and ready for us. You know, sometimes by the time we walked up to the bar, he'd see us coming and he'd get it ready. Uh, he would give uh, comp, uh, uh, you know, comp tickets for upcoming shows, he would pass those across to us, which he'd do to other people. It wasn't, we weren't special. We'd just do that for other people. And one time, one of the best comp tickets that he gave us, or probably the best comp tickets that he gave us, was um, uh, both John and I were uh, fans of uh, Paul Weller. The, uh, he was in a band called The Jam. Paul Weller, that's his name in case I didn't say it clearly enough. Uh, he was in a band called The Jam, which was not very big here in the United States, but in Europe, in the UK especially, they were huge in the late 70s into the early 80s. And then Paul Weller broke up that band and started another band called Style Council. And again, they were more popular over in Europe and in, in the UK than here in the United States. And then after a while, he ended that band and then started doing his solo stuff. And he was coming around in, in concert you know, with his first solo album, promoting that one. And uh, you know, and Pete is grabbing some comp tickets for us. I could see him doing that. And he's coming, turning around to hand them to us. And I said to my friend John, I says, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if it was Paul Weller tickets?" Boom! Paul Weller tickets. It was awesome. So Pete was cool. So we see him, and I said, "Oh, there's Pete." And Amy knows him too because she hung out at First Avenue. So he sees us, and he recognizes that we don't know each other, but we know each other. You know what I mean? And and Amy said to me after after a bit, you know, after we you know, you know, we had a little chat, and then we moved on just to not make it too uncomfortable. I think he was going to be working there that night at the bar. Again, it's all owned by the same people that own First Avenue. And so he, so we move on and to find our little place to stand and watch the bands play. And uh, she said to me, she said, you know, he remembered your name. He said he called you Jim. I said he called me Jim. <laughs> I said, wow, I don't, th I didn't think he even knew my name. I wonder how he knows my name. I don't think, you know, but he might. We're Facebook friends, so maybe he, you know, got it there. Anyway, so that was fun. Uh, now the opening act comes on to play. The opening act is a is a is a is a musical artist uh, named Lorraine. Uh, she it's L apostrophe R A I N Lorraine. 
uh, and she's uh, an experimental music instrumentalist. Although there's, she did do some vocals, some some singing, some vocalizations going on in there. And she's got, I think she had a four or five piece band with her. I can't remember now. Um, and uh, and she calls the band Lorraine. And what they do is a sort of a jazzy, very it seemed very improvisational. Uh, and uh, and trance like because they, they create this this wall of sound not like a Phil Spector wall of sound kind of but it's just just where it's just this this the sound just just kind of swirling around you and engulfing you and just this is uh, and it's it's like a trance trance music there's all there's a there was a whole thing Stereolab had a had a time when they when they would do what would be considered trance type music and. Uh, so she was doing that kind of stuff, and she would she would do things with a loop uh, device. She would uh, uh, it's uh, I learned about it from George Robb, who does the Geologic podcast. Which if you don't listen to that, you should check it out. It's a good podcast. But every couple of weeks or so, he he does a YouTube thing, where he plays uh, seven songs. He's a musician and a songwriter, but he does these seven songs of of that you know he does covers. And he talks about the songs, about the, the musical aspects of them, and, and there's usually a theme each time. There is a theme each time, and and how that you know, how that song relates to the theme and all that. And sometimes he uses a, a loop device, a loop uh, uh, something that he'll play a little bit of a bass line and record it on this loop thing, and then the the loop thing will just play it over and over. It'll just keep playing, you know. It'll just repeat it, loop it over and over. Well, she, the, uh, Lorraine did this thing where she would do a little bit of vocalization, you know, bebop, a doobop, you know, that wasn't what she did, but she would do some vocalization thing that would be recorded, then she'd have it play over and over and over, uh, just repeating and repeating and repeating. And then she'd record another vocalization that's a little different, a little, you know, but it would feel in, in the same key and all that with the, the first one she did, and that would be repeated and repeated and start to blend in with that first bit that she did, and then she'd do a third bit, and again, the three of them would play round and round and over and over, and while the band around her are playing, you know, their their stuff, and it's just, like I said, it's just this wall of sound that just sort of swirled around you. And the, and the crowd was really appreciating it. You could see them kind of bopping along to it, their heads are going and that, and when she would, it was, it was not always clear when she would end a song because she'd just kind of flow into something else but uh, it was very interesting um and i just just went with it okay this is what's happening this is what's what's you know watch and 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 enjoy it for what you can pull out of it being a musical snob as i am then black midi comes in to play and they're different than lorraine they're not trance they're they're kind of they're sort of funky. They're a bit punk. They're a bit post-punk. They're a little hardcore. Uh, there's some experimental type sound to it. They're they're you know it's just it, it, it it's it's hard to describe what they were doing. Uh, although I will say you know and Amy had told me they were kind of disjointed. She used the word disjointed. And when we were leaving and driving home, and I said, well, I'll say one thing. They were the most start and stoppingest band I've ever heard. And I don't mean like the replacements. The replacements were Minneapolis legendary band from back in the in, back in the eighties, where they would play and sometimes they'd be so drunk that they just you know they they start a song and they get about you know a quarter of a way into the song and then they just stop and they say uh, let's play something different and they'd play something else. They, they you just never knew what you were going to get when you saw them play. 
Uh, not like that. This was, you know, there would be songs that they would play that would just be super intense. Uh, I, I, there was a couple of times I would think that this is a bit like uh, Rage Against the Machine when they get real into their intensity, the stuff that they would do in, their, in some of their songs. And I don't know them as well as I know other bands. But they would get like that, just real super intense. And the crowd would be just jumping and jumping and just slam dancing and doing whatever. There was some body surfing going on. That, that would happen for a section of the song, and then it would seem like the song fell apart. It would get discordant. It seemed like it was going out of key. It, it would seem like it's just like, okay, where is it going now? What's going on now? And then it would come back to that intense moment or go into something else, and it was all by design. They were, this is, this is what we're doing. And, you know... That was their thing, and I was and I was watching them and seeing how they were the the band members were interacting with each other. The lead singer, guitarist guy, uh, um, was uh, very charismatic, and he would mug at the crowd. He'd make these pull these faces, and he'd just get really into it. And the band would start to get really into it, and they would, they seemed like they were having a good time. And the crowd was just you know just really uh, enjoying what was going on, and and most importantly. Amy was enjoying what was going on. I was watching her, and she's just like she was just very excitedly. Sealed. She was so happy when we we got something to eat beforehand, and then we walk on over to get in line to go inside. The doors would open at seven thirty or so, and we get in line, and the line was down the block. She was so happy to see that they had such a good turnout. Oh, and we all showed our vaccine cards or, or negative tests. That was that was a requirement to get in. So even though I still feel a little nervous about it because we crowded in with people, many of them were wearing masks, but a, but a lot of them weren't. But if we were all vaccinated, we should be okay. I hope we're okay. Another week or so, and I'll feel less nervous about it. But it was a fun evening. It was something that um, uh, I just just like I said, it just uh, I, I did not want to be. It just this. I, there was a show that I saw way back when, going to, going to First Avenue. Went to see, uh, you know, I, I was thinking it might be one of two. It might be one of two ways this thing could go. It could be like uh, when when John and I went to see my friend John and I went to see the Cramps in sometime in the mid or late eighties. We went to see the Cramps at First Avenue. Uh, uh, and the opening band for the Cramps was a band called the Screaming Blue Messiahs. It could be something like that because the scream that that evening was just the Screaming Blue Messiahs were a revelation to John and I. They just blew us away. We were, we didn't know anything by them, and we just thought this was they were so good. They just 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 blew our minds how good they were. It could have been something like that. You know, I didn't know anything about this music that was going to be played there. Uh, however, I had my seeking, sneaking suspicion it wasn't going to be quite that way because Amy did play a little bit of Black Midi to me, and I went, eh, okay. <laughs> or it could be like uh, the time that John and I went to see Husker Du playing at First Avenue, and one of the opening bands was a band called D. Croizen. I think that's how you say it. We would say Die Cruisin'. And they were, as, they were kind of a hardcore punk sort of thing, but they were just really boring. <laughs> I just watched. I just like. Uh, I was not into it. I didn't know anything of it. They just. They weren't catching me. And I just went. This is really boring. They're just noisy and dumb and yeah. So I didn't want to react the way I reacted to to D. Croizen. 
I, I just I didn't. But so with Amy, so because uh, I don't ruin her evening. Let her enjoy it, and enjoy her enjoying it, and enjoy the crowd enjoying it, and enjoy the band enjoying what they're doing. Even if they're not going to go on my Spotify, it's not. I'm not going to rush out to you know. If Amy wants to see them again, I'll say, well, <laughs> I don't know. But here's something that uh, I'm going to tell you. Um, we're going to go see another concert, Amy and I. And I'm going to say this because uh, because when I say this, I can I, my two friends uh, that 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 say they listen to the show. I know one of them does, but the other one does when he can get around to it. They're both members of the Minnesota Skeptics. They're the they're two of the elders of the Minnesota Skeptics. Uh, uh, I know that when they hear me say this little bit here, the two of them are just going to go squee because <laughs> they're going to get all excited because uh, come next March. Uh, Amy and I are going to see the band Tool. Now, I don't know much by them either. No more than I did of Black Midi. And I like what I know. So I have a feeling that I'll enjoy the show a little bit, you know, because I'll be a little, it'll be a little more into the kind of things that I'm into. A little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be seeing another concert. Uh, well, anyway. Uh, now I've gotten up to my next break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I will return uh, shortly. beats all the competition and we'll prove it as soon as we hear any competition you're listening to z-talk radio network happy jack wasn't all but he was hi this is pete townsend of the who i just want to say that the united states air force is a great place to be a great place to learn a space age skill and serve your country too the aerospace team that's where all the breakthroughs are see your united states air force recruiter Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to uh, Dimland Radio. Oh, sorry. Uh, my, my headphones got me goofed up there. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. You see, in radio, uh, the radio people, the DJs, and, you know, the talk radio people, they wear headphones while they do their show. 
and you get accustomed to hearing yourself in your headphones. And but there's a just a just a slight delay. It's very slight, and it's so it's almost as you, virtually as you're speaking, but it's only a slight delay. Now, what happens with my software that I use to record this show? That delay gets longer as the show goes on. I don't know why. So I I do this with my headphones off. If I tried to talk with my headphones off in this latter sec in the later section of the show, it, it just messes me up. Because my my the delay on my voice is too long, and it's just, uh, it, it 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 messes you up. You should try it sometime. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, welcome back to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dimfit Simmons. Uh, speaking of uh, my wife, Amy. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy oh, anniversary, on, happy anniversary. Oh, please. Pour a cheerful toast and fill it. Happy anniversary. Yeah, yeah, I know. But be careful you don't fill it. Happy anniversary. Oh, you're too kind. No, no, no. Please. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. As that sounder might uh, uh, indicate to you, uh, I play it. Uh, for two occasions. One occasion being uh, when my show has an anniversary. And the other occasion is when my wife and I have an anniversary. So October 13th, astrologers put your charts away, this past week was Wednesday. Amy and I celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. 20 years. 20 long years being married to that wonderful woman. Uh, and so the concert was part of, she said, you know, it could be part of our anniversary thing. And I said, okay, you know, since that was part of our, uh, our anniversary celebration week. Um, but also speaking of October 13th, there was an extra special, extra Minnesota Skeptics meetup. Uh, this was put together... Uh, um, um, mostly by uh, Travis, um, uh, another one of the uh, elders of the skeptics, a uh, fellow named Dave. David, uh, he goes by both. Um, you know, the, they they dealt with uh, uh, getting this put together, but I think it was Travis that did most of the, a lot of the legwork. Maybe not all of it, but a lot of it. And uh, um, and that was uh, world famous skeptic Brian Dunning of Skeptoid.com. If you're not listening to that podcast, oh my goodness, you should be listening to Skeptoid. You get a lot of good stuff on there. I mean, just recently, they did. he did one on the Shroud of Turin and how this thing just seems like it will never go away, this whole thing. And the Shroud of, you know, and, and just it just happened to coincide uh, just, a, just a couple of weeks later, a friend of mine who's way into this silliness sends me, he links me to this article, that, or not an article, links me to a YouTube thing that has a few paragraphs written by somebody that essentially the paragraph says that, uh, well, the debunking of the debunking of, uh, uh, the debunking of the Shroud of Turin has been debunked, and it lists some stuff like they've been saying, let's say, well, you're the, the Shroud for, for so long it would be taken out and it would be held in these certain places, and that's where it was held is where they got the samples to do the radiocarbon dating and all that, whatever. And that, so it's not accurate. But 
um, so he he shares this, and he, he sent me a, a a direct message, a private message, just saying, "Well, I want to let you know I, I I linked you to this thing, so just you know, whatever." So I just glanced over it. It was a YouTube link, and I didn't even watch the YouTube link. And I know that's not doing proper skepticism, but I just like, God damn it! And so I put in the comments of his posting that he linked me on. I said, "Okay, yeah, the thing shows up in about the 14th century. Historically, it shows up in the record in about the 14th century." It has a, it's made of a herringbone weave, which was not common in the first century, but it was much more common in the 14th century. The blood on there has been chemically identified as tempera paint, and blood, by the way, does not stay red as it dries. It turns dark brown or black, um, and, and so there's that. Um, and there was a couple, of, you know, there, there was a, 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 and I said I went on to say that you know three separate laboratories three separate pieces of the shroud taken from three different areas of the shroud all got the radiocarbon dating saying that it couldn't be any earlier than the 13th century but sure it's the burial shroud of of jesus yeah okay fine and then my friend is you know, oh did you did you do your digging into it did you do look into it deep and all that no no I you know really I didn't but you know what I know I know one thing that this is something that I've learned in my skepticism and studying the skepticism and listening to good skeptics that do this kind of stuff for li a living like Brian Dunning does um, and I'll quote hopefully I get it right I'll quote Tim Minchin who in his poem Storm. In, the, in that, and in, in by saying, throughout history, ever every mystery ever solved has turned out to be not magic, and my friend wants magic to be part of science. He wants it to be part of the scientific method. You to do the magic part. Okay, this is where magic happens, and magic could be God, space aliens, uh, psychic powers. You know, it's. Bigfoot, you know, it's, it's the Loch Ness Monster. They're all, to me, they're just magic. It's just magic. And some of them aren't as fantastical of magic. Like, Bigfoot isn't as fantastical of magic as aliens building the pyramids or God parting the Red Sea. You know, it's, it's not as fantastical, but it's still magic. And I have confidence that if these mysteries are solved... It'll turn out to be not magic. So, you know, it's the Shroud of Turin. It's, it, and not only, that was the, the other thing. I didn't even bring up, and I should have, I should have said, and not only that, not all these other things that I've said, but this was at a time period where the Catholic Church was relic crazy. They had relics of everything. They had enough pieces of the cross to build a couple thousand crosses. They had nails from the cross. They had the shin bone of Joseph of Arimathea. You know, they, they had the, the, the ear of the donkey that Jesus rode in on when he came, you know, on Palm Sunday when he came into Jerusalem all, you know, triumphantly, you know, greeted by people. You know, it, relics were a thing that, that they could squeeze money out of people to come see the relics. And the shroud was just a relic. It's just another one of them. And there was an artist at the time that said, you know, the unnamed, but said that he was responsible for the shroud. And there were other shrouds. It wasn't the only one. There were other shrouds. It's just ridiculous. It's not magic. This is just something that somebody made and claimed it was the, it was the burial shroud of Christ and somehow magicked 
his image onto the onto the onto the onto the fabric. Please. Anyway, that extra special, extra uh, Minnesota Skeptics meetup was arranged because Brian Dunning of Skeptoid.com was on a whistle-stop tour around North America, or America, uh, just visiting skeptical groups, schools, places around the country. And so ours got set up to be October 13th. Now, it ha was supposed to happen in August, but because of the Delta variant of the COVID, which is still a thing, y'all, get vaccinated, damn it. Anyway, so it, it, it delayed it a bit, but then it was on. And then, this is the thing that was just so much fun. <clears throat> Tuesday, I get a message from Craig. It says, uh, well, Brian Dunning is stranded in some place in Montana. Just got out of the Rockies. Big winter storm is going through there, even though it's not winter yet. But this is what hap This is what happens in mountains. Big old storm comes there. The town that Brian is stuck in, uh, has half the town has no power. And that happens to be the, 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 the half of the town that has no power happens to be the, where the supercharging station that he needs to charge up his electric car. He was driving through this. So he had to, he didn't completely cancel an event in Bismarck, North Dakota. He was able to do something like a Zoom thing. Uh, the people would go there, they'd watch this film that he's been going around. He's either showing this film, it's called Science Friction. It's about how uh, unscrupulous producers of documentaries that show up on the History Channel and the Learning Channel and Discovery Channel and places like that will take scientists words out of context they'll edit them so that they look like they're supporting something that's fantastic and stupid uh and and and, and uh it's it's not good representation for them so that's what this this documentary is about it, he's trying to get it released but there's distribution things and licensing and stuff that he's de he's dealing with but he can bring it around and he can show it to people so for the Bismarck stop, they showed the film, and then he'd do a Zoom thing where he could do a question and answer kind of deal. So, for wherever he was staying, but he managed to get the car charged up, and he said, "Okay, I'm going to try to get to Minneapolis. Might be a little late, maybe an hour. Supposed to be there by six o'clock uh, at the at the Black Forest Inn where we would go. Well, it ends up, it was on. We're going to go. It's he's coming." Uh, but he's not going to be here at 6. Might be here at 7. And it became, eh, I might be here at 7.30. And it became, eh, I might be here at, at 8. <laughs> and it's like, he's going to be here at 8.40. Well, the Black Forest Inn closes at 9. So what Travis did, because a group of us are there, including my wife. My wife came along with me for the first time. Now, it, not exactly the first time. We did stop by one time on our anniversary or near our anniversary when we were doing something. We stopped by for like five minutes and then we took off. Uh, but this was the first time that she came and sat and met the people and talked with them and, and, and enjoyed herself. So hopefully she'll come down, you know, in, in other times. Um, so, so what Travis ended up doing was he the, uh, Kitty Corner or Caddy Corner, depending on what part of the country you are from, uh, the United States, I mean, 
uh, is a place called the Black Sheep Pizza Parlor or something like that. So he goes over there and he says, how many of you guys open? And can we bring a group over here? We have a thing. And they said, well, sure. We're open until like 1030. So, yeah. So we, the, the those of us that managed to stick around, and most of which were the hardcore goes to the meetups every month. Uh, most of us. So the new people that came down, they, you know, well, you got something going on. Some of the, you know, they just couldn't hang out. and They tried. And it's just how it goes. You know, sometimes these things happen. Uh, anyway, so we, we go over, and we're there waiting, and then Brian comes in. And we had a nice visit with Brian Dunning. He was a really nice guy. We talked about some stuff. I talked to him a couple times about things and, you know, and all that. So uh, we gave him a sh- uh, Travis made sure that he had a, he got a Minnesota Skeptics shirt, uh, some swag that w- in that way. And it was, it was very cool. It was very, you know, it was a cool evening, and uh, it was fun. So, Yeah. <laughs> What time is it? Where am I at in my schedule? Okay. Um, I want to do a cool thing here. Uh, that was a cool thing. Meeting uh, uh, Brian Dunning is a cool thing. Again, you should check out the Skeptic's Guide. Oh, no. The, well, you should check out this, Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. But Skeptoid. You should check out that podcast. It's only like 15 minutes long. Uh, he does a really good job. He does all the research and writes them up himself. But he's got people working for him that help in some some ways. But uh, I, I asked him, I said, do you have people help you with it? He said, nope, I do it myself. It takes about a, you know, he, he said that, uh, I asked him how, you know, how long does it take to do a podcast? And he says, basically a week. He does one a week, but he's ahead a few. So, you know, and it's just, it was good. It was good to beat him. But this cool thing I wanted to do um, I want to talk about uh, is the difference that 41 years or about approximately 41 years can make uh, on Facebook I'm part of some Facebook groups that are uh, fans of comic books comic book collecting sites old guys who like old comic books is one of them um, you know there's just there's a couple few a Marvel Comics uh, fan Facebook page there's a few, and one of them, I think it was the old guys that like old comics, had some people doing this thing uh, where they would post a photograph from when they were kids holding a comic book or several comic books or something, and and then they would, they would post that picture, and then they would post another picture that was taken much more recently of the same person, now an adult, holding that same comic book. You know, hopefully in the same setting. One fellow even had the same shirt, or at least a, a, had a shirt made that was the, that looked like the same shirt that he wore as a kid, holding a comic book. And I said, "Oh, I can do that. I'd like to do that." And and what I could do was, uh, I have a yearbook uh, from my my sophomore year yearbook, uh, which would be 1980-81, uh, that my sister. She was, uh, she was going to high school at the same time. So that was her senior year. It was my sophomore year. She was on the journalism... She was in journalism class, and she was on the uh, yearbook committee or s- something like that. And so she, they were responsible for designing the, the yearbook and getting you know all the little side stories and information that are put in there. And so she wanted to do a little side story of me that would be put in the sophomore section of the book. A photograph of me and a little paragraph talking about my collecting comic books and the pictures of me 
uh, uh, where I, I, I brought uh, a selection of my comic books, that original art page that we that I just sold uh, at the beginning of September, uh, and then you know a couple other ancillary items that related to comic books, uh, Slurpee cups, uh, calendars, that kind of stuff. So I, I, I brought those into the school and went into, I guess, where the journalism class was and got this all laid out on a table. And then I would kneel down next to the table and i hold a few comic books in my hand and just took a picture of me at the table with all these comic books spread out on it. And I thought, I'm going to... I, I can reproduce that photograph. And I, 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 I looked at the yearbook and I go, I'm looking as closely as I can at all the comic books that are on there and I could identify almost all of them. There was one I couldn't identify, one that's in the picture. So I just put in a, just grabbed a comic book that would be about, about that same time period and just kind of put it in there. Uh, just, you know, and you can't really tell which one it is, so it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. The, the original art page that I no longer have, I do have blank pages that are the size of, the, of a comic book page that you can work on, because I have a few of them uh, that I've done some stuff on. Uh, so I laid that in the same position that the art, original art page would be, and I put, just wrote on a scrap piece of paper, uh, original art sold, and I put the date that it was sold, and I put that there. Uh, the Slurpee cups, I I have a bunch of them, but apparently I don't. I no longer have the one Slurpee cup that you can see in the picture. It got broken or something, or it's maybe it's in a different box or something. Uh, maybe I have it somewhere, but I don't. I don't think so. But and I didn't re. I didn't get all the comic books I've done. This is a long table that I had a shorter table. I cropped the photo from the yearbook, so I, I got it all set up. And I tried to dress as close as I could as it was as dressed there. I was wearing a sweatshirt with a, uh, a collar shirt underneath it with the collar hanging out. And, uh, and the only thing was, I didn't have that, my, my hair helmet. Uh, I, I, I didn't have that. Uh, my hair helmet was, uh, I've, I don't know where that's gone. So, but uh, I'll put the pictures on dimland.com. Uh, click on the blog option. You'll get to the show notes. Yeah, I'll put the picture in the show notes so you can see them. But I reproduced it as close as I could, and then I shared the two pictures on that site. And one person said, this is the best post of the month. And I said, oh, shucks, it's only the 13th. I put it up on the 13th. Speaking of October 13th, put it up on the 13th. So that's a cool thing. I'd like you to check it out. And another cool thing before I get out of here. Uh, when I was at the meetup, now this, like I said, this this uh, meetup with uh, Brian Dunning was an extra special, extra Minnesota Skeptics meetup because our normal meetup is on the second Thursday of each month. This was the second Wednesday of the month. Uh, there was a meetup the next night. Uh, some people that couldn't make it the night before met up and that. And I and I, uh, I almost went to that one when we thought that Brian Dunning wasn't going to make it because of the weather and not having power for the car and all that. But he did make it. He drove like, he started driving out to get to us at like 6.30 in the morning, he said, our time. And he got there at about 9 o'clock. He got, he came into place at about 9. So, I mean, that's a, eesh. But, uh, you know, anyway. Um, the, this, this other cool thing was that while we were, uh, uh, you know, visiting with each other one of the longtime uh, 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 
members of the Minnesota Skeptics, a longtime person that comes to you know each month, almost almost each every month. It's a fellow named Walt, and Walt is a scientist, and uh, Walt um, uh, he had sent me uh, a, a message after I talked about Jackie Robinson a couple shows ago, and the one where I made that big mistake saying that he started playing for the Boston Red Sox, not the Brooklyn Dodgers. He sent me some information about uh, the Negro Leagues and, and such, and Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier. He said, I just read this blog and sent that, indicating to me that he's listening to my show. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, yeah, you, I, you, I found you listening to my show. And he says, he says yeah. And he, says, and he said this to me. He said, you didn't tell me it was good, that my show was good. I didn't tell him. It was, well, I don't know if my show is good. But my goodness, did that really? You think? I, I was so... I was taken aback by him saying that. You didn't tell me it was good. My show is good. So I'm going to ask a favor of all my listeners, all of you. Please do this for me, if you, if you will. Please. Send me an email. Send it to drdim at dimland.com. D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. Send me an email. Put in the subject fun socks just put that in the subject fun socks and in the email you can just say hi you can call me an asshole <laughs> or or you can say whatever you want you ask me a question but send me an email just send me an email i'm not trying to get uh i'm not putting together an email a mailing list kind of thing i'm not doing that i just want to see i want to see how many emails i get and that means you trisha and you craig i know you guys listen to the show each week and walt if you're listening send me an email to drdim at dimland.com, put in the subject fun socks, because I, I wear fun socks now, and, and and whatever message you want to put inside, that's fine. You can just say hi, uh, okay, I'm doing this thing that you asked me to do. What do I get out of it? You get 10 points. You'll get 10 points to go to your score. Huh? How about that? But just do that for me. I, I would think that would be a, a really awesome thing. Good night, our doctor. Good night. Frau yep, that's the end of another show. Uh, sorry I missed one last week, but you know things happen. I'll try to be back next week. Uh, you're listening to uh, uh, Be Skeptical and Extraordinary Claims Require Extraordinary Evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to wash your hands, wear a mask when necessary, and get vaccinated. And if you have been vaccinated, thank you so much. And, of course, sleep with the lights off. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.